Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to Business Bite Wednesdays. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Roshana Taylor, the owner of a small black-owned business called Raw Essentials. Raw Essentials are products handcrafted with love and care to ensure safe and secure national distribution. Um, She's a wonderful lady, and I'm sure you will enjoy this interview. So my name is Roshana Taylor. I'm actually the co-founder and strategic director for um, Unity and Healing. So my other baby, my personal baby is Raw Essentials and I'm the owner of that. And I create custom jewelry pieces, body butters, grounding oil, all things good for the skin, but spiritual based. So that's what I do. Perfect, perfect. Um, give us a little background. Where are you from and um, what, drew you to create this business that you have now? I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee. I moved to the DMV area a little over 12 years ago. I moved in high school and sort of just stuck around. So with that being said, I'm at this point sort of, I wouldn't even say a native. It's just like a second home. It's definitely considered that if nothing else. Mm. Um, The DMV, as far as like what brought me to creating, I feel like I'm one of the people that's, I don't, uh, I feel like I've always created, you know, Mm. it's something that I've done as a passion, as far back as I can consider. Um, I had very artistically influential people around me growing up. Um, Mm. My aunt is just like so dope. So she was actually an original dream girl. So she does all things theater and in Nashville she sang at the Grand Old Opry so I went to tons of plays tons of shows mm. and seeing like the behind the scenes stuff like wardrobe and like set stuff it was just always interesting to me like the arts in one way or another and then I played instruments and my mom's a seamstress so I've always had random little influences of art around me even my brother being a DJ you know like music was such an inspirational, influential thing growing up. And still, you know, music gets you through good, bad times. Music is like air, you know? So I've always been a creator, but I'm one of the people who I I can say that I leaned against that in my adult years. Um, mm-hmm. It was like, get it done, find, <laughs> lean into the systems, you know, set careers and set these aspirations. So I feel, like I always did stuff passionately on the side like my body butter business was truly a passion it was something that I converted over as a need for myself um I just was using a huge you know one of those popular lotions that were it was great it was working until it didn't I feel like I also converted during that time when you know I was just being more intuitive with what I'm putting in and on my body so you know it's always been a need of what's personally I need in the moment, but also I've just always curated, oddly enough. You know, it's weird. You know, I don't know. So that's me. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, 
I find that a lot of uh, our people, I don't want to say people of color, like black people, where our influences, like our parents and our friends and our surroundings, they push us to set certain goals or go to a certain school or pursue certain interests and careers that um, without really thinking for ourselves might seem great, but it's not really fulfilling. So we end up going to these high uh, tuition schools and we, we, we um, go to these jobs that we're just going to pay back our school tuition. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it Maybe. doesn't, Maybe yeah. <laughs> that was another thing that um in my experience i was like oh dang you get all these loans and yeah you know, yeah to get a job so it's, yeah it's... I, I, I feel like we can't blame our parents that's something that i also recently was like thinking about like how you know they our parents and generations before us actually leaned into being complacent as mm -hmm. long as you could survive and get the you know american dream aspirations met you know as long as you were able to sustain yourself you didn't have to like what you did for a living and yeah. i feel like that's like one of the biggest tricks that adults didn't tell us like most of them actually hate what they do for a living it's not fulfilling at all not fulfilling and that was like oh i graduated and i'm getting advice and i'm asking questions and the most common thing i heard was like get a hobby you know work and get a hobby if you want mm -hmm. to be fulfilled. And it was just like, damn, you know, these are people who worked really hard at this point in their careers. They're pretty high up. They, you know, these are like people in like their 60s during the time when I was asking, people in their 50s, yeah. 60s. So at this point, they've worked hard. They've accrued a certain prestigious title in the fields that they're respectfully in. But all of them, even the ones who like worked in like law and things that you would think you would have to be passionate in, Nursing, which is like, yeah, mm, you should pick up some hobbies though. And it's just like, wow, we yeah. spend so much time working that really that's honesty is what I would have liked. It's just like, that's what I would have liked before getting into so much debt. <laughs> and, and then we get lost within like the daily rat race of uh, wake wash and work. And I was speaking to my grandfather. Um, he did this uh, job um, at a bakery and he said when he started, he was young, spry, um, good looking. And just like one day he looked in the mirror and was old and like, was like, what the hell did I do with my life? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it just stacks up and you lose yourself within a system that you don't really want to be in for it. For. Definitely. And um, that like hit the nail on the head for me because personally, that was like a huge decision for me in this year. It was like something about, I don't know. I spent my twenties in transitioning and working really hard and um, creating a career for myself or at least the foundation for a pretty good career. Like I can do this. However, it's just like the pleasure in it. And it's just like, can I really do this for 50 or 40 years, you know, like 30 years? and will I enjoy it? You know, it's just like, and not seeing yourself in these spaces. We have to also acknowledge that a lot of these spaces weren't curated or created with us in mind. Absolutely. So it's not easy to simulate and that you're doing a lot of um, cold washing and whitewashing and just down dimming your experience just to sustain it. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. And for me personally, it's just weighing. I feel like also what occurred in the last year, you know, whoo, 
we've had one, you know, like mm-hmm. this is one for the record books, you know, socially, politically, this pandemic. Uh, so it was just like, I don't know. I think also I switched jobs and changed up my full-time career a little bit during the mm-hmm. pandemic, which is sort of like dope to have even been able to do. So I appreciate it. But transitioning in the pandemic allowed me to go into an organization and not see the glitz and glamour that you get you know, pre-COVID, you know, like the experiences, the professional development, you know, the money to grow or at least pretend like they're paying into their employees. Because mm-hmm. transitioning in COVID, I just got the experience, the rawness of this new organization, which does great work essentially, but because it wasn't near, wasn't really created with us at the table, it's still so tone deaf in ways that it's not fulfilling and it won't be fulfilling and I'm seeing that um which allowed me to lean lean into my creative self it's just like this is the year I'm giving it all that I have and with the skills that I've accrued through working these jobs and degrees I why not I'm choosing me and giving it going full throttle so that's that's definitely amazing. I think um, this pandemic has really forced a lot of people to look uh, introspectively and really think about their futures and figure out who they are as individuals, you know, in this crazy world. Um, for example, we've had a lot of um, people who don't want to go back to these jobs like McDonald's or like, you know, just general labor type jobs. So there's so a quote unquote job shortage. And I think it's just people realizing that their time and sweat equity is worth a lot more than what they're paying out. Yeah. Time, sweat, the emotional aspect of it. Because Lord knows all these doggone DEI trainings, which were great concepts. I mean, I saw how they were being useful, but to who in the room, you know, like, um, it's, yeah, it's, I think, there were a lot of struggles that occurred in, um, during this pandemic. Let's not, with especially being Mental Health Awareness Month, like mm-hmm. the last day of it. But I also, I, the symbol, like the symbolism behind being here today, because you know this is also the anniversary of Black Wall Street, um, okay. 1921. Yeah. And so with that being said, with the pandemic and all of these like societal, historical relevance and it, it forcing people to think intuitively, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there were veils lifted in all of this chaos that's going on, of course. Chaotic as as we could eat, anybody could imagine, but the veils that have been lifted um, forced us to lift. I actually had a conversation with um, my sister-in-law and she was talking about how hard she worked to accrue, you know, where she is in her profession and the respect that she receives in her organization. And then, you know, the whole Trumpers, that situation, she lives in the deep South, she in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and her experience and the veil that lifted for her, just in her hearing her speak about the experience and how, regardless of how hard she worked in this profession, how prestigious her title is and how respected she is amongst her fellows um her colleagues it didn't matter you know like they still saw her as a a negro (laughs) yeah it was just like you know veils we're all forcing to see them in one way or another so i will get the whatever has gone on in 2019 to 2021 at this point you know the last three two years we can say two at this point um 
definitely cause an awakening, which I'm excited to see what it is birthed out of this, not just for myself, but for all black and brown people. So I'm really, I'm, I'm hopeful. Let's say that. So you officially started your business during the pandemic? I did. I officially jumped out there and started during the pandemic. Um, like many others did. I, I, thought that, I thought that was so dope. I don't know if you just kept your eyes out. And the, mm. You even launched something new. I did. <laughs> I did. So with that being said, everybody's out here literally leaning into themselves. So it's inspirational. Um, so yes, it's scary to jump out during the pandemic. I'm sure you can attest to that a little bit. Mm. But because of all the things that are going on, it's just like something still very magical about it and jumping out. Um, so I started officially this month. I had the business launch. It was a virtual launch, but it was attended highly. We had a raffle, people participated. It was a dope, um, which sort of launched the new series that I'm doing with Unity and Healing right now. It's um, demystifying therapy. So what we're doing with that is just providing workshops virtually currently, the world we live in, but hopes of having in-person events next year, speaking that into existence. I'm getting these grant writing skills I have, putting them to paper. Um, so with that being said, yes, starting a business during the pandemic has been interesting, but timing was perfect, you know? Yeah, so. I think it was it was a blessing in a sense, you know what I mean? Because it gave you the time to like really figure out what you wanted to do with um, your circumstance. Yeah, that part. Um, being stuck in one place definitely allows you to think um, <laughs> and just curate the possibilities, you know, and opportunities that you yourself could be preventing yourself from. Um, that's the biggest thing that I've learned, you know, recently is that I truly am my biggest barrier. You know, all the voices I get in my head. I'm I'm. I'm I'm an air sign, you know, Gemini season, woo woo. But um, so with that being said, the, the 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 thoughts that linger, I allow them to linger and misconstrue through my whatever is physically there, you know. So being grounded in the moment is something that I'm constantly focusing on. I have to remind myself to do it, and it's okay, you know. Like it's okay that you have to remind yourself. Speaking to others out there, that it's just like your mind wonders, your mind wonders. No, stop and be present in the moment and allowing myself to do that. Look what I curated. So leaning away from being your inner saboteur is something that is really hard to do, but necessary. Give us like a, a, a detailed breakdown of, I guess, the umbrella and the many different branches under that umbrella. And how do you balance time management and trying to figure out everything at once Ooh, time management is a thing um so so the umbrella raw essentials is my personal small business and then the unity and healing is the llc so it's sort of um umbrella underneath of that so mm -hmm. i curate skincare products you know which are i our whole mission is so that 
we create a space for BIPOC people to heal mentally, physically, and spiritually, emotionally mm-hmm. through resources and community sharing. So with that being said, me and my co-founder, she's a body positive yoga instructor, and we had just been working together on smaller projects. She assisted with my business launch, and it's just like, wait a minute, this is a thing, you know, just bringing other healers together. So under that umbrella, we're bringing other healers together to then share their services, you mm-hmm. know, for, but also provide links to their paid services. So we have a therapy, we have somebody who does Reiki healing, we have somebody, another yoga, yoga instructor. So it's just a collective of people that we're trying to curate with eventually having our own physical place, speaking that to existence. But yeah, so right now and under that umbrella, down the road will be a nonprofit. But you mentioned time management because it's a realizing what's on your plate and not overfilling it. Um, I feel like I know for myself and speaking for many others, we have a tendency to overextend. And I feel like a lot of people of color do, you know, just to put that general, we overextend just so that we are busy. We're putting putting all of the energy out there, but we also have to be kind to ourselves and realize when we're overextending um, and what the stress that causes when you're doing that. So in doing that, I realized that I need to wait on the nonprofit aspect, focus on the LLC and focus on my small business currently and see what my five-year plan is. Um, essentially, that's what I try and do with all things, give myself a time frame, and that allows me to better manage my time. Um, it gives me timelines, expectations around these timelines, and I can pretty much track it that way. Life does happen. So um, the control freak in me has a problem with that when it does however i feel like that's one of of another big learning experience for me in my journey is patience you know and that's something that i i'm not the best at but um i'm working on so as far as time management which is the day-to-day stuff i have a weekly plan as far as like tasks and projects that have to be completed that week and i squeeze it in because you know i'm still working full time for the man but so (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, when do you like find time for yourself, you know, like um, a self health day, you know, like when it seems like you're balancing a, a, a lot of different things, like do you ever take time for yourself? No, yeah, I still time for myself all the time, daily. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of how long the day is, I have to still a moment for myself. And I'm a huge sleeper, so I still make sure that I get to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that I will do, you know, which is a daily thing. But um, yeah, I I have to still time for myself regardless of how busy the day gets. So if that's from just dirt, while moisturizing daily after the shower, mm-hmm. speaking kindly to myself, being intentional about how I'm going to go about the day, how I need to finish the day, depending on when I'm um, meditating. But meditating is important to me. Meditating yeah. important. I feel like prayer is something I'm not as um, consistent with as I should, but meditating is something that I definitely do daily. And then, of course, you know, treating myself to stuff. Yes, Amazon is um, two-day delivery. <laughs> Get you out of the way. So that was something that I did, you know, 
I wasn't as good at with at first buying myself stuff, but now it's just like, ah, uh, sometimes I have to tell myself to chill, but treating myself stuff, you know, like yeah. I treat myself nice. I like flowers and I do that regularly. My partner also does that regularly. He's really great with that. Um, That's one of my love languages. So he'll just pop up with flowers and that's not necessarily self-care, but that's someone seeing me mm-hmm. in, in the moment, which I consider it self-care because I love them flowers. Um, I love flowers. So yeah, again, stealing time for myself because you're not going to be good at anything that you're not, that you're doing if you're not good to yourself first. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen. So stealing time and understanding when I am going to be busy. Like this, this weekend was ridiculously busy. Um, however, just getting the mindset, getting that go time or like, you know, I guess whatever athletes do before games, you know, mm-hmm. hyping yourself up for a really busy time, you know, that hype thing, like, all right, you about to be really busy, but go get it and schedule that time if you need to. So self-care is important. I swear by it, everyone, whatever it means to you, it could be a bath, it could be a glass of wine at the end of the day, it could be watching your favorite show, do it. You have to be good to yourself in order to be good for the world. Yes, I could dig that. Um, It seems like your business is community based. Um, you have a a lot of people you work with. Um, how do you network? Um, well, how did you network in order to reach out to, I guess, different people to help combine the business and make it stronger? Ooh, networking for me. I feel like networking is as easy as looking around into your circle. Luckily, I have I keep some dope, amazing, creative, artistic um genius like-minded individuals around me and early on early on I knew this is something that I wanted to do it was something that I always had the passion of curating and sharing knowledge I feel like so many people go through experiences thinking like oh I don't know this I don't know who to find somebody who does know this but we it should be more shared now I feel like knowledge should be more shared versus common or researched you know so with that in mind it's just like how why don't we curate a collective of people who share knowledge and resources so it was just as easy as with that in mind and then one day I just looked around and was like wait a minute look at all these dope people who are right around me like and I essentially reach out to my circle and my network and then their network so on and so forth and you know social media is also dope for that you could reach out to people across the world right on an app so with that being said with social media utilizing my network and building from my community it's been so successful that I can can't even explain right now the series that I'm doing with unity in healing I reached out to a mutual friend who's a licensed therapist and had been working here in the DMV area for the last several years and was like, hey, would you be interested in doing a workshop on just therapy, you know, making it more accessible, allowing people that therapy is for everyone, the different types of therapy. And she was like, immediately, it was without a doubt. And she's even in this this month's raffle or this session's raffle, she's raffling off three sessions of counseling. And she immediately was like, I'm going to give three sessions of counseling. That's dope. You know, like just jumped out here. And I'm like, girl, three That's sessions. Dope. That's dope. Yes. I was like, girl, you're just jumping out here like this. I just, uh, again, if you ask the universe also, if you're doing, I'm a firm believer, if you're doing the work, the universe will match you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So in, in that way, it was just manifested. And I was like, dang, 
So I definitely believe look, leaning into your community. Um, and I, I understand those who can't, but there are definitely resources like, again, social media is in the possibilities of what you can curate off of social media. So just lean into your resources, but definitely don't downplay the internet and what that can do as far as marketing. And yes, you may have to pay a little bit and invest in a little bit, but um, do your research and definitely shoot your shot. Yeah, I think that's extremely important. It, um, from different references like um, the Curly Girl Collective, which is um, a natural hair uh, festival that I believe started in New York and a brownstone. And like you said, uh, the lady who started it or she just reached out to her friends who were in different professions and used social media to uh, start these parties. And they're like the largest, well, the only largest natural hair movement in the United States. And they're doing a, a lot of things in like Africa too. And then you got Issa Rae who um, used her college friends to help her with her um, internet series or YouTube series, which led to um, greater things on HBO and secure and stuff like that. So I definitely see the hunger within you and your business. And um, I definitely acknowledge that bringing in good friends and good business partners will help you grow and flourish. Yes, yes. And that was like a huge thing for me that I also had to work through and learn because essentially I'm like, I'll just do it myself. I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna do it myself mm -hmm. for suggestions who I am. But um, in unlearning that and realizing, no, there's a community out here and these people are dope and these are people that you know or people that you know who know people. It's just like, wait a minute, the resources are out here. Yay. You don't got to do it all yourself. And, you know, once I learned that or unlearned, you know, forcing myself to do it all, it's just like, bruh. And then the universe plays its part. It's just like, yes, yes, come through. Yeah. So, and again, the skill set. Everybody's talented and qualified. It's just like, and don't allow societal means to qualify you either. When you untie yourself to that crap, you're actually, you see how dope you are. Not mm -hmm. to mention if you played the game and have accrued a little something, something, because sis is a therapist, you know, like she had to go to school. She paid the loan, she volunteered time, you know, she yeah. played the game. So, but she's also leaning into her own dopeness, you know? So as long as you're leaning into whatever that looks like for you, it's going to flourish. It's going to be great, you know, but you have to realize that you, you can lean on people. So yeah. for all the hard-headed people, that one was for you. If you it takes single, a village. <laughs> it truly does. It does. So um, how did you come up with the name for your business? Ooh, so um, Raw Essentials, my name is Roshana. Um, and that was a thing um, this year as well. I professionally went by Shauna for a while. And I dropped the RAU after undergrad just to do like a, when I had my bachelor's in sociology. So it was like a social experiment. I was like, mm -hmm. well, let me see if I drop the RAU, if I get more, you know, responses on these applications. Yeah. And I did. You know, like I did, I don't know if that really factored anything or if it was just timing, who knows, but I professionally went by Shauna and I just want to be reconnected to all it is that I was doing. So going, I've switched professionally going by Roshana. So people are calling me Roshana in the workplace and um, Roshana is what people, I allow people to call me, it's Ra, but you know, 
Dixon. <laughs> so, and with that in mind, in naming my business, in wanting, in being connected to all that I do, I was going to play off of that. And Roshana means light of the sky, and it's very much so paying homage to the sun god Ra, mm-hmm. um, if you're into Egyptian mythology. So, with that being said, I played off of that and all that I am and leaned into all that I am. You know, it's just like, my name is Roshana for a reason. I'm the light. I am the light. I, I give life, you know, and playing off of that. That's how I birthed the my baby, Raw Essentials. Um, and I also paid homage to that in the logo because it's just like, I'm totally into all the mythology, um, Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology, all the mythology. So um, I was like, yeah, this is this is what I'm leaning into. Um, not to mention that my brand is holistic, organic, cruelty-free skincare. Um, everything's handcrafted, handmade. So it just birthed itself. It made sense, you know, leaning into my God-given name and leaning into all who I am. My business had to reflect that. So that's raw essentials and unity and healing was like a partnership i have a co-founder but we're all constantly talking about healing we're talking about therapy and other ways that we're trying to connect with our ancestral lineage lineage and meditating and altars and all this just dope stuff and we're talking about healing for people of color specifically people of color creating spaces for us to come together and curate at festivals and you know the dope stuff you see flyers and you're like oh where where are people of color in this i'd love to buy a ticket and go but this looks very not us you know but we're out here i'm looking at it i'm interested you know so being intentional with creating spaces for us to heal from current present past trauma and just all the the issues black and brown people carry in the day-to-day um and generationally so with that partnership we're just like unity and healing it made sense it felt good and we ran with it i I love that i love that um there's been um light shown on mental health in the black community recently um because in the past we had to hide our feelings we didn't really go to therapy either because we were scared or couldn't afford it and i respect the fact that you're bringing mental health and physical health and spiritual health to the forefront because we really need that like we're behind uh, uh, the game in, in a long way and we really need that for us yeah definitely definitely and i feel like we have to be intentional with creating that for us um mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that was one of the things that we see cultivated and curated in the last, I'd say the last five years, even pre-COVID. Um, and we have people, you know, life coaches and stuff that are also doing work and aiding in this bringing awareness to at least mental health. Mm-hmm. So regardless of how, you know, healthy some of our life coaches are, Lord Jesus, people that have popped up the most recent years, but it's at least acknowledging that there is a need for this for black and brown people. So with that being said, it's just being intentional, you know, we have to do more. And I feel like that's what's, that's, that's a lot more than, you know, the DEI trainings that these 
organizations are making this do. And it's great talking about it. That's awesome. But what are we doing to help heal? What are we doing to actually provide resources? What are we doing to actually make it accessible? And not through their lens, you know, through our actual lived experiences. And with that in mind, we have to curate it and create it myself, you know, ourselves. And that's that whole I'll fix it myself thing. So they're pros to the whole people who are out here like, I could do it myself. You know, definitely lead with that, but know that you can lean against that. And there is a community to be cultivated around you. So yeah, yeah. And, and we need a safe space to, you know, to commune and stuff like that. We <clears throat> inherently, we are a community-based village type of people. You know what I mean? And I think in a sense, we've lost that as a whole throughout the years of being enslaved and segregated and um, <clears throat> Jim Crow and all these different type of situations, we different type of traumas we've been through. You know, um, we need to have that community, even if it's um, what you're doing or going to church or, you know, guys just hanging out in a barbershop. We need that community. It, it, it feeds us, it feeds our spirit. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And I feel like that's the dopeness. Black people are just so freaking amazing, you know, because we're, we're always able and capable of curing community, you know, and not necessarily intentional, you know, like barbershop conversations and places like that and community aunties. Like, so we, it's natural for us to curate communities for ourselves, you know, to feel good, to to love on each other, to, to uplift each other. So... Sure. I feel like we've always been intentional, you know, regardless of the oppression that it, that's being faced, you know, even from slavery when people were being still married, you know, and we're, but we're legally owned to people. Wow. Mm. You know, and separated. And separated, still maintaining families, still tr tr passing down some traditions. Mm. It's always dope to hear what some people's um, lived experiences are and what's been passed down traditionally, you know, but with the, again, you know, we've, Black people continue to create and cultivate community, regardless of the times that they're facing. We're just like that magical. So with that being said, I, I truly feel like what's being birthed in all of the chaos that's going on, because this is a lot of chaos. This one's this one's more for the record books. The what what's going to be created is going to be beautiful. Yeah. And I'm very hopeful and excited for our future, you know? Yeah, I, I can definitely agree. Uh, we're the most resilient people in America, if not the world. So um, just like the Phoenix, we always come back more powerful than our last reincarnation. Um, how do you come up with the different formulas of your products? Because I have your beer bomb and I use it every morning after i get out of the shower and it smells so good and it has my beer so soft and lovely like how do you come up with the different formulas of your products it's definitely a lot of trial and error and for me i feel like it's mostly because i like to play around with the texture of the products that i'm creating um but again all of my products are holistic natural so i feel great with the base it's just then utilizing essential oils and you know like herbs and flowers to then provide that extra little splash um but yeah so the beard 
Butter was out of a need, and my partner has, you know, um, Wesley Moses a, beard, yeah. <laughs> Moses beard. And during COVID, when barber shops were closed, mm. it was just like more effort had to be put into like trying to tame the um, you know, the wooliness and moisturize it, you know, because it's cold and washing your face and beard. Because beard hair still has to be moisturized, fellas. You have to moisturize your beard, especially if you're living in cold places like the DMV and you're washing your face and then going out to the cold during the day you have to moisturize your beard um with that being said he it was birthed out of a need I feel like everything I do is birthed out of a need Wesley needed some dope stuff for his beard and I was like I got you babe I, I got you we I have all the stuff that you need I was already making body butters so the beard bomb just made sense in knowing that he needed something can that was going around his mouth um it was intentional that it also needed to be holistic you know it needed to be safe. So it was truly just birth out of a need. The same with all of my products from the grounding oil, because um, that was very intentional. Again, I mentioned that I was an air sign earlier. So I'm always like, I'm truly gone with the wind. I'm, I'm with whatever's going. But with that being said, I just, there are times I'm just like so caught up in whatever's going on that I have to be very intentional with grounding myself in that current moment. You know, I get so lost and I'm here and I'm there and I'm in past thoughts and forward thinking and I'm thinking on contents that haven't even developed yet, you know, so the grounding oil is something that I use in the day to day to just take a breath to be a moment and place my feet, place my anchor my hips and be present. So out of the birth for me, someone was just like, hey, this is dope, man, can, are you, are, what, can I get it some? And I was like, oh. I guess you're right. This is something that's dope. It's right. You can also use it just as a body oil um, for people who prefer oils during the summer um, versus body butter. I love my butter all year round, but I definitely um, have heard and understand people who like thinner oil during the summer, something to moisturize, but not as thick. And I get that, especially in them sticky places. If you live down south, <laughs> I can totally get not trying to be sticky. So with that being said, um, very intentional about the texture, very intentional about the products, and it was truly just curated without the need. Um, depending on what the product is being created for, I may tweak it and add some special ingredients. Um, all of my ingredients actually include um, alkaline water, alkaline mm. water and a little bit of Florida water. So mm. that, that spiritual grounding just cleanse moment while you're using it um so it's the goal was to be intentional during that time even if it's just moisturizing you can self-care every day even if it's just while you're moisturizing speak kindly to yourself be intentional about the day and moisturize your skin because our skin is our biggest organ and we can't forget about that we got to treat it good you know yeah, yeah absolutely so what else do we have in store do, in store do we have like Ooh. lotions uh uh, I guess shampoos and, and soaps like I, I want it all <laughs> I'm really excited for what I have to have. I'm, I'm I'm working on a hair mister so it's just going to be a moisturizer for like people with locks you know mm -hmm. because I feel like oftentimes I hear so often how people aren't moisturizing their hair as often you should do it every other day um several times a week just to hit it with a little mist but you can actually infuse it with some dope stuff. So I'm working on that. 
I also um, am working on a plus size swim line. So nice. for short girls, um, I mentioned earlier that I have some dope people around me. My mom is a seamstress, but not only is she a seamstress, she's she can draft patterns. And I found out that that's like a dying trade. Um, I was just researching to see who can I get to make these. And I knew I could get my mom to do it. It's just also my mama. So, you know, working with mamas can be hard. So mm. it, it was a thing like I was trying to be stubborn, like, I don't know if I want to lean in and we have mom all over here. So I did my research and was like, who who is out here who can draw draft patterns? Because I don't have that. I, I, don't, I don't have it. So I was like, oh, who's out here? And I reached out to my community and people were confirming that, oh, that's sort of like really complicated to do, sis. <laughs> so <laughs> that sort of curated the business itself. And it's always been there. As a short plus size woman, everything that I've gotten for years had to be altered, you know, especially anything nice, um, like a graduation dress, or if I'm buying a nice dress for a wedding or something formal, the fit just is never it, you know, other short fit girls know, um, it's just so much fabric, they make clothing for tall plus size women, and again, they slay when they have these items on, but on my 5-2 frame, I'm always swimming. So my mom was always re-altering and low-key recreating items for me as far back as I could think. So I leaned into that and actually got her to curate some really dope stuff. So I'm leaning into that, utilizing my mom's, her passion to create my own passion. Um, so I'm more so the designer right now. She's still very much so the seamstress because I, I I don't have the skill set. But I think it's been interesting to see how getting out of my own way allowed me to curate something really dope. So that'll be summer of 2022. But I have some really dope pieces that I'm really excited to share with you guys. So. Yeah, that'll be for the ladies. So that won't be for the fellas. But it's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. So it's like you you found a a problem that needed to be solved. Solved. Like, is that like your your life mission? Like, if you find a problem that other people need help with, <laughs> yeah, that's the um, solve it. Mm-hmm. It's mostly again. It was birthed out of a need for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have some dope jumpsuits that fit me when I buy it, you know. Like I want to have a dope, you know, like elongated piece that actually fits my five two frame. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like for my and the fact is, I've actually been spoiled because I can buy stuff. I buy stuff all the time and roll up on my mama like, hey. I need this whole dress re recut, re put back together and taken down about six inches. And she does it, you know. So I'm very spoiled in the sense that I haven't had to be as uncomfortable as other short, curvy women in this space. But because I've also been blessed, I saw that I can just fill this need. This is something that should, is it's a need. I need it. Other girls need it. Why not get it done? You know? So, yeah. It was very much so birthed out of, out of another need for myself, but it's a need for everyone. I'm not the only one who's a short curvy girl, you know. Tons. That's, that's beautiful. Um, one last question, and then uh, would you mind playing a little game with me called "This or That"? Yes, let's go for it. I'm excited. All right, sweet. Um, the last question is um, what 
should your customers expect when receiving or looking to buy into your products? What they'll be receiving is just a reminder to love yourself and accept yourself for where you're at at that moment. Be mm -hmm. kind to yourself that you're also that big, period. You know, <laughs> you don't have to wait to wear what you want to wear, be who you want to be. Embrace it and lean into the weird, lean into the awkwardness, lean into the sadness, lean into the happiness, lean into mm -hmm. the joy, lean into the experience. And that know that I was intentional in what I created and cultivated for you. And I hope it finds you well. And I hope you live well. It's amazing. That's amazing. All right. This game is called This or That. You can only choose one answer um, out of the questions that I ask, and the whole world depends on the answer that you give. Okay. <laughs> All right. First one is puppies or kittens, and why? Puppies. Period. I have a little boy that I got during... Um... He's my boy. Um, his mm. name is Bobby. He's a Chihuahua Chinese Crescent. I'm just a dog person. I've only ever met like one cat, maybe two in my life that I really banged with. And one was my grandfather's cat. Um, he died when I was like 10, but he was like 18 when he died. Mm. But that cat was like the best cat ever. He's truly one of a kind. His name was Heathcliff. Dope. He would come to you when you called him. He cuddled. I've never scratched me. And I was mm. a child children are annoying and he never was aggressive like again so cats are just a little too finicky and I don't like that as a whole so I'm a dog person period and plus I have this whole fur puppy and he's my he's he's my life he's he's my boy my boyfriend doesn't like me calling him my boy but he's my boy so puppies yeah Heathcliff is definitely a, a cat name <laughs> like that's a perfect cat name <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, my, my grandfather's some old black Mississippi man. He's like Heathcliff. So, that was his name. He and he was dope. Never had never seen a cat like him ever again. Sweet. Um headphones or earbuds. Ooh, okay. Earbuds only because that's what I've been rocking with lately. But it definitely depends on the situation, you know, and if you're like a real DJ or producer or something, they want the whole cover. Mm -hmm. So, again, earbuds, because that's what I got right now. But I totally think that that depends. Situational. Okay. Um, mustard or mayo? I feel like I need more. Like, what are we using this for? Just in general, mustard or mayo? Maybe a, a good sandwich. Like, if you were going to make the ultimate sandwich, which would you grab first, the mustard or the mayo? I guess mayo. Ew, mayo. really? <laughs> yeah, you want to hear something even nastier? I used to like Miracle Whip sandwiches growing up. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Now I won't go near this stuff. But yeah, Miracle Whip sandwiches. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a first for me. <laughs> that's what I feel like I had to say, man. I was like, I was doing that weird because that's weird. Like you can't be like, oh, mustard when you were doing that. Like I did that, so I had to say, man. I don't think any. This is what I used to eat growing up, and I don't think anything that's like weirder. But like pickled eggs, you know, going to the corner store and grabbing a pickled egg. Like it, now that I think about it, it was such a weird thing to eat. It was. I, that's when I actually skipped. I could do vegetables <laughs> and stuff pickled, but, and you know, I'm from Nashville. Yeah. There's tons of pickle on meat and stuff, but I was like, 
why is it just sitting on the counter? <laughs> oh. So veggies and actual pickles was the only thing. <laughs> that, you know, as far as I went down that road, you know? Yeah. Um, two more for you. Hot pockets or pizza rolls? Hot pockets. Really? Yeah, I think I went through like a whole phase of like a preteen where hot pockets were like life. Mm. Have to, I yeah. Yeah, hot pockets or something. I always burnt my tongue trying to eat a hot pocket. Yeah, rushing it right. It's just yeah. like it hurts so bad, and you would be burned it, days. Tongue will hurt for days. But yeah, you still did it. It, it was <laughs> like a one-time thing. It, it was just part of the experience, you know. And you just went for it. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, last one, pancakes or waffles? This is a tough one. This one is the tough one because both are great. You know, yeah. both are great. Both can have great toppings or things inside of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, both can be crispy if the right person is making that pancake, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what it depends on is if the pancake is crispy or not. But I'm you like go crispy pancakes or or salt. You okay. know, like little crisp. You know how you can get the edges crispy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it'd be like the little center part is a little crispy. Mm. That's great. But because I like the crisp, I'm gonna go with waffles because most of the time waffles are some sort of crispy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think I'll go with waffles too because especially like the big soft ones and they have little pockets for the syrup and the butter to go down and strawberries or whatever toppings you want to put in. <laughs> like those little pockets are, just does it for me. Right? <laughs> yeah, so waffles, so definitely waffles. Cool, cool. Well, um, let the people know where they can find you and how they can buy your products or maybe um, join the, the, the mental and spiritual health movement. Yes. Okay, so I'm... Unity Healing is on Instagram. We're working on the website. We're going to have that launch soon. So follow Unity and Healing at on Instagram. Um, and as far as Raw Chef Essentials, I'm also on Instagram. That's Shop Raw Essentials. Um, you can find me on my website as well, rawessentials.org. Lord Jesus. Twister. <laughs> so with that being said, I'll be also shared the like text with you because i got tongue twisting around that that's cool we're on facebook as well so shop with us i definitely look forward to seeing you guys you got some good stuff in the mail so that's where you can find me perfect perfect um thank you again and a uh, happy belated birthday i've seen those amazing pictures of you and your sister living your best lives yes we went to jamaica and it was like perfect it was amazing it truly was um yeah so self-care i stole that I, I definitely had stuff that i could be doing but i'm like man this year because covid stole last year and it's old yeah. i was like this year we're doing something so yeah, yeah. we outside we outside so <laughs> great trip i'm back here and I'm busy so with that being said it was truly necessary and a great time thank you bro Cool, thank you. Um, we'll let you know when this airs and um, hopefully we get to kick it pretty soon. Yay, definitely. And keep, I definitely will provide more like um, photos and stuff, the stuff that you need. So just follow up via email. I'll follow up via email with all the yeah. stuff. So perfect. It sounds great. Thanks cool. again for having me. No problem. All, all right. right, I'll speak to you later. Peace. Bye.